0: Hey folks, it's Carl at Sterling Health Fitness, and uh, we're coming back at you here with part two of our segment about uh, talking about yoga today with my special guest Ariana Rubinovich. So, part one we talked a little bit about benefits, and so in this segment we're going to talk about styles of yoga. And I'm just going to let you run with this because I know there are many different styles, and we talked a little bit about you know hot yoga and some other things, and you have your own style too. Yeah. So. I'm going to let you run with it and just tell us a little bit about the various styles out there.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's a big can of worms. Yeah, I bet so. Because yeah. there are so many styles out there, and I'm sure there are some that I I don't know about, too, because they're constantly being um, innovated. Mm-hmm. But traditionally, there is Ashtanga Yoga mm-hmm. and Iyengar Yoga. I think those are the two big ones that started coming over to the west and um, shaped the yoga scene that we have today, okay. and Ashtanga is a, um, it's a series of three sequences that are repeated over and over again, and they're led by uh, a teacher who just calls out the names or the numbers of the poses, and he'll or she'll walk around and Tell the person if they're ready to move on to another level mm-hmm. or if they're ready to perform a certain pose. Okay. Um, it tends to be very past fast paced, um, breath focus, I think. Uh, something I think they do, ujjayi breathing, which mm-hmm. is a construction of the throat and that you can hear the breathing when people are practicing. Mm. Okay. Um, a yangar is another kind of style, less flowy. Uh, he was focused on the structure and tried to let therapeutic principles influence what he was doing initially and uh, he he himself was very sick as a Mm -hmm. child and he says that yoga cured him Mm -hmm. and he was able to overcome many physical difficulties because of it Mm -hmm. and his style is still very prevalent today Mm -hmm. and especially in New York,
0: Okay.
1: and it's holding poses for longer periods of time, focusing on, on your form in the pose, um, using a lot of props to support the pose, and maybe bring you deeper into a stretch, which I said is not always good, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but th- I think those are the two uh, big ones that, that influence the yoga scene today. And, and now we have vinyasa. We've got power yoga. Mm-hmm. We've got hot yoga, which I'm not a fan of. We've got Bikram
0: mm-hmm.
1: yoga, um, and so many styles. And for me, what's influenced me the most is yoga tune-up, or that's mm-hmm. one of the styles that has influenced me. Mm-hmm. Um, that was created by a woman named Jill Miller. Okay. And she, oh yeah.
0: Yeah. I've heard. Um, I've heard of. She's on a couple podcasts yeah. I've listened to here and there, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'll be interviewing her next week also. Uh,
0: so I know, I think maybe Dr. Perry might have. He did, he definitely okay. talked to her. That's where I heard her yeah. first. Yeah,
1: she's phenomenal. That's awesome. And one of the things that I love about her is that she lets anatomy influence how she teaches, and she wants people to improve their proprioception, their body awareness,
0: and, mm, yeah. and, and
1: their quality of movement as well. So she has a terrific method. Um... Trying to think of other styles that are out there. I'm sorry, you know, I'm probably not doing justice to everything that's no, out there. Kundalini. Kundalini is another kind sure. that tends to be more spiritual, mm-hmm. with um, interesting positions of the body and, mm-hmm. and interesting breath work that you do. Um,
0: well, I'm interested to hear what you do. Yeah. So. Now yeah, let's talk about what you do.
1: Yeah. So the my style of yoga, I call it integrated yoga, which is kind of a buzzword in the functional sure. uh, movement world. And I'd like to think of it as a blend of yoga, functional movement, and corrective exercise. And uh, I was teaching, in the beginning, when I first started teaching, more traditional, although students would probably say it was never traditional. But in my mind, it was more traditional mm-hmm. yoga, some more flowy stuff, and based on what I had learned. And yoga is supposed to be therapeutic. this is something that we're taught, that this is therapeutic for the body, no matter how often you're doing it, no Mm -hmm. matter what you're doing. And so I would see the people coming into my classes, even if they were regular yoga students, coming in with really poor quality movement, Mm -hmm. basic structural issues, poor breathing. And I'm like, well, the yoga's not helping them. Mm -hmm. And in most cases, it's making it worse. Interesting. Especially people who are at the desk all day and tend to, I do this too. Mm-hmm. I find myself in this posture all the time. I yeah, do a lot so of desk work, unfortunately. And, all that. Mm-hmm. and so if you're in this position for eight hours and you're not aware that you're in this position and don't do stuff to, to correct it, and then you go to a yoga class, a typical power yoga class, where there's lots of pose, a pose called chaturanga, which mm-hmm. is kind of like a push-up. And so if you've got this position and you come into a chaturanga, and do that like 50 times with your body weight. You're not improving the structure of your shoulders. You're, yeah, making, you're, you're probably aggravating it, right? Aggravating it, making yeah. it worse. Because you're
0: it. actually flexing an overactive muscle to begin yes. with, right? There's there's a whole corrective thing right there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Movement, I uh, uh, postural issues, movement, mm-hmm. distortion patterns and everything. Exactly. Okay.
1: So, so I, made, I basically made a challenge to myself. It's how it started. I was like, what if I could create... A series of sequences that would address what I'm seeing, address Mm -hmm. issues of the general population. Mm -hmm. Even athletes actually. I see athletes with the same kinds of things. So so I said, okay, what would be the most important things that I could address in the group classes? And so for, I created five sequences Mm -hmm. and in every sequence we work on the breath. So we go back to this optimal breathing thing because it's the f- foundation for everything. So we work on the breath in every class. And then I start with core strength, mm-hmm. core stability. I mm-hmm. prefer that term. But I think that having intrinsic, reflexive core strength is another foundation to, to everything. Mm-hmm. So we have a core class. And then we move on to, I call it my back bends class, but it's really about the T spine because the thoracic spine, I see so much rigidity in the thoracic spine. Interesting, yeah. And that affects a lot of other things up and down the chain of of how you move. So Mm. I have a T-spine class to try to get more mobility in the Mm -hmm. T-spine. Then I have my balance class. Because I see poor balance in a lot of people, so yeah. and that relates to Dr. Emily Splickle's work. I tie in a lot of what I learned from her right. into my balance class with the class, barefoot, barefoot mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, and barefoot activation. And then we have a hip mobility class. Great. And then a neck and shoulder relief class. So I rotate those five sequences over and over again.
0: That is cool. And
1: the goal is to create an integrated, functional, you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that 's well, I love that approach because, as you know we 've talked off camera about i 'm going to sound terrible here, but i 'll just admit that when i 'm walking down the street a lot of times, I observe um, how poorly certain people move, and this is not a judgment at all by any I means. Know. this is just a fact um, I even have my own movement issues i mean i 'm always working to try to improve my functioning and my moving you know it 's gotten better over the years but but, um, so from the trainer perspective and, you know, being a corrective exercise guy and all that, I'm, uh, automatically going to the mode of, like you said earlier, I wonder what I can do with that person. What would I do? You know, and a lot of times I kind of know just by watching them move. And I guess what that basically, what I'm trying to say is there's, I feel like there's such a need for people in the profession of health and wellness in general and fitness uh, which includes you know yoga and so many other different uh, styles of being healthy. What makes yours beautiful is you're looking at it from this perspective of movement mm-hmm. functionality. You're, you've got integrated uh, well the integrated thing. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's so Thank cool because I
1: I appreciate. That. I
0: know a lot of people who instruct yeah. and teach yoga, and I've never heard one of them use the word corrective movement or integrated try to integrate to correct or improve those things i've mm-hmm. never heard any of them talk about that it's usually about again non-judgment just it's about flexibility a lot of times and relaxing and that's fine but what about the movement
1: mm-hmm.
0: you could be really flexible and move poorly
1: oh yeah i see it all the time
0: <laughs> you know i see it all the time i know a lot of people who are w- really flexible and move poorly hmm so like I mentioned I like how you integrate this This you have the integrated approach mm-hmm. you have corrective you have movement and so um, anything else you want to share about what you do in your yoga classes um, and I definitely want to make sure we mention your website Arianayoga.com. you'll see it on the screen you can find out all about Ariana and her her classes right mm-hmm. everything plus links to Facebook and your podcasts right um Anything more you want to add about this?
1: Well, uh, I guess it's how I work with my private clients because I found that I needed to supplement my yoga training with other kinds of training that are anatomically based or uh, that deal with functional movement. And um, I think in the yoga world, in the yoga teaching community, that we tend to live in a bubble when it comes to body education. And there are certain things that have been handed down like from teacher to teacher or things that we learn from our teachers that are said in yoga classes and I've said plenty of this stuff too um, that's just not true mm-hmm. and not founded in science and it's just again it just exists in this yoga bubble it's yeah not, it's right. not helpful to people so so I tried to learn from I stepped outside of that bubble and tried to learn about the body in different ways, anatomy. Uh, Brent Brookbush is definitely someone I learned from.
0: Dr. Brett. <laughs> He's a man. Uh, he uh,
1: but it doesn't stop there. I I studied Western anatomy from from other sources too. I did an anatomy studies for yoga teachers course, functional movement screen. I learned how to do that. That's great, mess, yeah. great cook is a huge influence for me. Yeah. And neurodevelopmental stuff. Dr. Perry Nicholson is a big influence for me. Right. And neurokinetic therapy I also have started to do to look at awesome. movement compensation patterns and stuff. So I've tied all of that together into how I work individually with my clients so that I can look at the person yeah. and see how their movement could be better.
0: We're treating a whole person too. Yeah. Yeah. That is yeah. awesome. Well, I, this is great. I appreciate you sharing about that. Um, so be sure to go to her website, it's on the screen and um, we're going to come back at you here with a how to get started. If you haven't done yoga or maybe you've already done it but you're looking to get started back into it again, we're going to talk about how to get started. So thanks for watching, have a good day.